Now the shotgun start in golf is full of mathematics. Um, there's a lot of a lot of setup work that we have to do in order to make a tournament work. So I'm going to demonstrate to you just exactly how we do a shotgun start here. And here we go. All right, all right, all right. Gentlemen, start your Greetings and welcome to a Monday edition of the Shotgun Start. It is February 22nd. Andy, how we doing? Brendan, I'm doing great. You know, great week at Riv. Had great week next week. Historic event next week. I I mean, I had this at news for Friday, but we were in an hour. The World Golf Championship, Workday Championship at the concession. Is that the historic event you're talking about? No, I was talking about PR. <laughs> All right. And We're the dump on to in PR. the box. The dump in the box classic. Champions Tour is back. Ladies and gentlemen, shotgun start audience. Well, I don't want to overcommit, but I think we're doing a Colaguard classic pool this week. A dump in the box classic. I don't know what we're going to name it, but so keep your eyes out for that. Phil's playing. Phil is now now playing the Colaguard event. So we got a big week ahead, but why don't we... Re- why don't we look back to start uh, at the week that was at Riviera? It was a great weekend, a great week overall. A lot of, uh, I don't know, I mean, controversy, triumph, tribulation. It was, it was what, you, what you want from a PGA Tour event. It's, yeah, it was everything that the fans want from a tour event, nothing the tour wanted on Saturday. Um, I, the fans didn't want Saturday either. For the, no. You know, nobody no, wanted to just not. sit around and be forced yeah. to watch re-airs and you know, yep. rears of 2020. Let's talk first about our winner. Our winner is Max Homa. Uh, he won in a, on the second playoff hole. They went 10 to 14, beat Tony Fina, who shot an amazing Sunday 64. Max did, uh, Homa did not make a bogey since they restarted play at whatever it was, 645 Sunday morning. Uh, so really high level golf in really hard conditions from both of them. Um, I watched almost all of every minute of golf all weekend. I just watched Max Homa's uh, press conference afterwards, taking questions. Um, I thought it was, as I often find the case, as you know, I find to often be the case, it's awesome to see some of these guys really get emotional and see what wins can mean to certain people at certain times, whether that's Jim Herman thinking he would never win again, whether it's, I, I don't know, just a layoff or a first win or even like, even Justin Thomas, I remember when he won at Firestone when his grandpa was there. Like, just different wins can mean different things to people at certain times, and it just kind of creeps up on you. This did not creep up on us. We knew this tournament meant a lot to Max Homa. Um, and I, that just really resonated with me, how much this win at this place meant to him. I think it was Jeff Shackelford asked him afterwards, like, where would this rank in terms of, like, golf accomplishments or what, what, you, what you'd want to, you know, events you'd want to win. He goes, it's 1A, 1B, and 1C. It's not the Masters. Like this specific event, and we talk about the WGC Workday Championship at the concession, um, That's probably that, that probably doesn't, you know, DJ wins that next week. That's not going to have that resonance to him. That's not to put him down. But I thought it was really cool 
to see someone and that speaks to what this event has meant to a certain region to a certain history of the game and it was it was awesome to see uh that story all come together for for max homo yeah i max is uh a great guy, and I think one of the things that I like the most about him, and obviously him doing the podcast with Shane, um, Get a Grip, which I recommend to people to listen to, gives us a little bit more of an inside look in, on him, which obviously makes him much more popular. But one of the things I love about Max is that he's very candid and he talks about things. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he they did that episode about uh the masters and masters. You, you felt like you he was a kid in the candy and like like kid in the candy store and living out dreams that anybody that grew up playing golf uh, you know had i think this was another moment in the similar vein here where you, it was hard not to think about like i as a kid went to like the western open and you know i saw mm-hmm. tiger playing the western open when it was at cog hill and like and like you think about Max, like going to that tournament as a kid, and obviously, you know, his family made a lot of sacrifices for him to get to this point. And yep. it's uh, it's just such a neat story. And and to see after the round him break, uh, you know, just like break down with uh, Amanda Balionis's interview, like right, like didn't think he was going to feel that way. But I mean, it it was just an amazing tournament, and obviously the golf, the level of golf he played coming down the stretch was astounding. Um, just hit the ball so good and it was hard. Um, Sam Burns, obviously he struggled on the back nine. It really just was kind of all over the place, but mm-hmm. you know, Finau and, and Homa played such good golf. It was, it's such right. a treat to watch such high level golf on a great golf course like we did today. You talk about how he's pretty candid. I mean, oh, by the way, it's just like, I mean, a colleague of ours, right? A colleague of ours winning a tournament. The, 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 the fellow media member, podcaster. I mean, this, not since maybe Bernard Darwin, as you highlighted in that great flashback Friday past when he joined the Walker Cup team. So that, that a media member has found such success in the game of golf. Uh, so I think we should, we should pull old man golf media and see if they consider him a colleague. You know, new media <laughs> is a little bit looser term. He's we got a lot, you know. Valid. Yeah. So no, but uh, you're talking about how he's pretty. You know, he just answers the question, right? He's not a robot or automata. It doesn't mean he has to give a, a controversial answer or a, a emotional answer every time. He's just an attempt at an answer. And I think what it what, is, he's genuine. Right. Well, to that to that end, he after afterwards he's like, I choked. I mean, it was a bit of a choke. On uh, 18, he thought, you know, the putt broke more than he wanted to. It wasn't like a just a little tap in or, or a, a straight flat putt. It, it did bend, but he's like, I choked. And and he talked about how his brain was, you know, trying to figure that out between all of a sudden now you're going to a playoff with Fina, who's got his own demons, right? These Sunday demons that he's battling uh, that we've talked about now sort of ad nauseum. Uh, he's asked about his wife was texting him saying forgive quickly uh and, and you know he was <laughs> something about he's on some group chat with his buddies at, at la his friends from la and some guys one of them's not into golf apparently or, or as into golf he goes does anybody ace 10 and, <laughs> and they're like you're an idiot 
And so that was earlier in the week, and Homa's walking to the 10th tee and asked him, hey, I don't think anybody's ace 10, but now's a good time to start. I don't know what the specifics were. Just like real-life stories. I mean, I don't know that anybody's taking that approach in between a playoff, but him alluding and using the C word, saying he choked, was a, a moment of, of honesty. It was, it was fascinating. It, to see him rebound from that when he's against the tree at 10, you know, that was that. unbelievable. Yeah. He seemed to say it wasn't as hard as people thought or, or as people looked. I, I'm not suggesting it wasn't hard. I, I, he's just saying, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know if it was better than his bunker shot the day before, but he seemed to say it was, wasn't as insane or impossible as people were giving it credit for. But well, I'm this is not the thing that stop giving it credit. The thing that is amazing about it was like he had to like hood it down and hit that hook like chip shot and to perfectly judge the the how hard he had to hit it like that's not a shot that anybody practices there's no way any pro that tells you they practice that shot is full of shit yeah Yeah. like nobody's hitting chip shots from sides of trees like (laughs) like hook chip shots from sides of trees like like the fact that he judged it absolutely perfectly that was like out of this world like you know how easy that would be like when you're putting hookspin on it to hit it a little too hard and have it run over the front into like the bunker or something while we're here what do you make of those what do you think of those trees they saw a lot of action today with dj popping one off the branch sam burns getting kind of you know must futzing around down there obviously max home is shot it's high you know high they profile stink. moment the bottle there, brush trees but you know why they're there when did they put those in? I mean, they, I think they've been grown for years, but it's just like I, originally they, they weren't they weren't in play. You know, now yeah. everybody just hits it over there. I mean, that that was another thing Homer said afterwards. He's like, I mean, that's kind of what you aim for. You just look at it. I mean, he's like, my ball is about five yards left, but I hit a good shot. That's where I wanted to hit it, and that's where you aim. And you put them out there, and I don't know. It's just, but they're going for the green, right? <laughs> Right. I, that just False seems narrative. to get a little goofy, right? I mean, it gets a little goofy. I don't know. I, I saw one person this week hit it in the bunker, laying up. I, I need to look up the scatter chart to see who was that that poofed it into the bunker. Uh, Maybe chance. <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't know. It just it it at some point it becomes a little goofy. Like if that's just like we're we're kind of throwing it out there and it's like Russian roulette, sort of like. Are you against a tree? Are you behind a tree? Do you have a do you can do you have a lie that you can pop it up on there? It, it seems like more often than not it's the play and you you end up fine, but it just starts to get a little goofy when everybody's almost purposely trying to put it in this grove of trees. So, um anything else on home Max Homa's win? I I just think it's cool. Another win. Uh second win, all important second win. He is now eligible to play in tournaments such as the Dump in the Box Classic when he turns 50. So he's got that to look forward to. <laughs> That's all that matters, huh? I sh- uh, yeah. Go ahead. I should, let him, I should let him know. You know, he might not. <laughs> he got back into the Masters, you know, all these other things. But you're now Champions Tour eligible, Max. <laughs> if you're- more than winning at home or the event that means something to him, it's it's getting that Champions Tour eligibility. Uh, yeah, no, I, I mean, I th- winning at home 
that is it's so neat. And you know, who knows how many wins he ends up having? I mean, I feel like he's playing great golf. I've, you know, and who knows what he'll get to if he gets to five, maybe four, or maybe seven. Who knows? But uh, you know, winning at ho- in your hometown event has is what got to be one of the coolest things you can do. And it's, so a, it's I, a bummer there weren't fans, you know, really. Right. I know. I know. Uh, so I, I make this point often with like Sanderson and Colonial and events at smaller markets. LA is not that. But I think it also is, it speaks again to history, right? History that these events can have in the community, right? I mean, that's not going to happen at the concession. Uh, it's not going to happen at, you know, an event at like Liberty National or something like that where, where you know, Sam Burns, actually. Sam Burns talked about seeing i think kyle porter tweeted it uh seeing david toms win at colonial or pull off some shot at colonial is one of his favorite golf memories um so i think like there's there's something to be said for uh, like stake in the ground events on the road or on the schedule and something for to be said for history and what it and how we can build on that history kind of decade over decade and that leads to a moment like today where where it really means it, it you know, from his own words, seemed to me mean more than had he won the Masters or or a major championship. So, uh, you know, LA is not a small market, but I think there's something to be said for, uh, you know, maybe not being so shiftless and chasing every sponsor well, dollar about, and every. Think about the know. Western Open; it's gone. That's right. like like a perfect right. example. There's, you right. know that that event. It's like one of the, just like the LA Open, one of the most historic events on tour. It's gone, and and that. This stuff shouldn't, that's why exactly what you said. It's so important to have these like mainstays on tour, the longevity of these events. It's like, it it means the magnitude gets built. Like that's like the one thing you can't do is buy history. You know, you can have a great field, a great purse, but you won't, you never will have history. It's like, look at the flashback Fridays we did, you know, Lloyd Magrum, like, and Ben Hogan and, and Sneed, like this place. Everybody but Jack and Tiger won. Right. Right. Um, okay. So Finau, he's there, the hard luck loser. Uh, played his ass off. Was incredible. All day. She kind of was a chaser. Was almost an afterthought. I think he was what? Three groups out in front. He was, I think, third to last group. But, uh, you know, shot a 64. I think the next best was Max's and, and Rom's 66. Um I don't know. I oh, first off, I tweeted this to this effect, but it was great to see, you know, two non-country club kids, a little bit of diverse backgrounds playing in the final group. And I make this point all the time: is I don't think the tour leans into that enough. You know, golf has plenty of diversity issues that people bang on on Twitter, and you know, it's it, that's often the case. But I don't think the tour does a good job at highlighting all the, like some of the economic diversity, like what the backgrounds of a lot of their top players, top 50 in the world have come from, uh, because it's not all a bunch of country club kids. Um, so that was good. Good playoff, good matchup. But Finau, I I don't know what, I I feel bad. I feel bad that the playoff even happened. It would have been better for Finau. Sure. If Homa makes the putt, there's no playoff, and he he shot the best round on Sunday. Nobody expected him to win coming into the day. Nobody even thought he was really in the mix to start the day. Yeah. I mean, you think about it. He was he started the day five shots behind Burns. You know, right? 
Um, so I, that being said, the playoff did happen. I'm not going to be able to erase <laughs> the shot he hit on 14 from my memory. That was a horrendous iron. Horrible. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely abysmal iron shot on 14. Right. And, right. you know, he's kind of in position A on 10. And you got to get that up and down. Well, I, I, Sean Zock tweeted to this effect as well. It's, it sent up alarm bells for me. When he said, you know, yeah, yeah, I thought I had one the putt I could make on 10 there. It was like a 10 to 12 footer. It's like, well, it was seven feet. You know, that seems like indicative of something. When he's saying it's 10, 10 feet, 12 feet, and it, it was not that. Because he had made every putt from 10, inside 10 feet, I think, I don't know what, all week, the entire week. I don't think he missed one. Uh, that's, you know, maybe he didn't have many, or maybe they were all one, you know, two feet, two footers. But, um it was kind of suggesting it was something more than it is. I know we kind of all, our brains get scrambled and we just estimate loosely when it comes to that kind of putt. But yeah, saying it was a 10 to 12 footer was not entirely accurate. It was making it a little bit more. Um, I don't know. I, I'm not going to bane on him. He shot 64. He's, yeah. he's clearly wounded by it. Like he was incredibly like gracious talking to Kira Dixon and then uh, Amanda on CBS and Dottie and Do- like there's just maybe yeah maybe it's Dottie sorry there's not much I mean what he can he say he's definitely wounded he like knows Do- people are talking like about Dottie it. pointed out he's six in the FedEx Cup there's only so much you could be worried about how about Dottie saying DJ Prince money or I mean FedEx Cup points on the par five <laughs> God. So forced, so bad. Uh, they were great. I thought Dottie was great. It's just like they, just how they have to crowbar the FedEx could, Cup into. Can somebody give us a FedEx Cup point to Bitcoin uh, conversion, conversion chart? I feel like maybe Charlie Belgian could give us. He's an expert <laughs> in both of them. Oh, it doesn't mean anything. Do you have any other Fino take Fino takeaways other than uh, it's it hurts to hear him talk because. Listen, I, it's got to happen. I know, I know. Like, you can't be so close so many times and not have it happen. And right. I hope it happens for him. Right. I was, I, I was ready to say, like, was this actually a female win or was it a Victor Hovland win? What do you mean? For breaking the curse, does Victor Hovland should he just oh, get credit? Should he get like half a win for it? Yeah. <laughs> but, Lifted but, the I know. But I, I it's gonna it's gotta happen. He's right? playing incredible golf. He's playing incredible. I thought his worst you know, finish as as, in his last four or five starts is fourth. It's just insane. As soon as he got within one, he made a mess of fifteen, and I was like, "Oh God, no, not again!" Oh, then, that's like, a hard Sixteen, hole. he's what? I I agree, but you know, he yeah, sixteen, he stuffs it and makes a birdie. Seventeen, he gets up and down for birdie. Eighteen, I was nervous as hell. Oh, I thought he I was thought not going to chip. <laughs> yeah, or missed the putt once he then did chip. Like I, I thought there was just no way. That's um, the problem. There is something about it, like. He is a player that invites, like, I get anxiety yeah. when yes. he's in the mix. And yes. that's not a good thing. That's like, a good point. Like, there are certain players that invoke anxiety in me when they, whenever they're yeah. around. Like, I, I immediately think that bad things are going to happen. Lesty? And, 
that would West oh yeah westy <laughs> westy over a putt it's like you just never think it's gonna go in yeah yeah no oh, i heard something about westy today what is he still down around you swarming around the swamp yeah i'm sure he's over here for a good good time i bet he's staying okay. till the masters or something he's probably going to the concession he probably is right uh but i heard you know this was a you know that the ping somebody asked like the guy that runs the pig tour truck like you know yeah. worst guy i can't remember who it was <laughs> And it might have been the ass pig, guy. Biggest pain in the ass guy. And they said, uh, who is, Who's the best guy? And he goes, Oh, without a doubt, Westy. Hands <laughs> down. Best guy to deal with on tours <laughs> is Westy. That's good. Corroboration for your fandom, I suppose. I really, really eh, I knew that. Well, we're on the subject. Should we pump the Westy Island blood? We should. I got, I got a counter. I got, I got a counter argument. After I said my mom was out on it, one of my good friends from college, he goes, "I switched to Westy Island. Got it. Uh, it's like perfect. Don't change an absolute thing." My mom is just not a dark uh, light roast. She's all dark roast. So, uh, my my friend from college is giving it a positive review. It's not. We we just got to be honest though. If we hear negative feedback. It's just a purely light versus dark. I know one person who switched, a listener, I forget their name. Make sure you, when you uh, email hi at bixbycoffee.com, you tell them ground or whole bean. I think he switched and he forgot to switch to ground. Uh, you might end up like, did I ever tell you the story about Sukumba, Barry? Mm-mm. He got whole bean and he didn't, he didn't, have, a, he didn't have a grinder. And... It's insane. He put all the beans in a Ziploc bag and was on like his balcony with a hammer. <laughs> a Ziploc bag of beans to make them ground. It's like that was not working at all. I just got a grinder on like Amazon or something. Uh, lunatic. But uh, yeah, if you switch to West Island, make sure you're, you're getting, you know, ground or whole bean, whatever you are set up for. But you can do that at BixbyCoffee.com. Westy Island is our light roast. Uh, the Shotgun Start Blend is your dark roast. We, uh, this is a way to support the podcast. We receive a, a portion of the proceeds, I, sh- I should say, a portion of the profit. Uh, keeps the podcast fueled, literally. Uh, we appreciate all your subscriptions. Go ahead. What are you going to say? Looks I'm like in right the now. process of sending Paulina an email. This, this ad read reminded me that I need to get a couple extra bags down here so i've got a little surplus that i can hand out to people oh so so i'm 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 sent him asking her to send me a few a few bags of west the island blend hey somebody's asking they got the reusable k-cup and they like it really strong how much do you put in there you you put it all the way this little barista boy expert (laughs) put it all the way i mean you do one and then two again what do you mean? I like two. I don't. You fill the K cup, the reusable cup again, and Have then you ever brew used it again. One of the re- reusable K cup. No, I don't know how this works at all. Who would brew it again? What do you mean brew it again? I don't know. I guess there's only so much water you can put in like the mug. Pour, pour the I coffee back in and brew it. You again want a double helping? Half, half and <laughs> no, half. No, I just I, mean. I filled I he wants filled the ca- reusable K cup up to the top and put the okay. top on and. I don't know. Test right. it out. This is. I don't know what cake reusable cake cup you did. You got. You know. People want your advice on factors. how to brew their coffee. All I know I how to do is how I do my way. own. 
I gotta okay. make some cold brew. I'm in, I'm in cold. I'm in peak cold brew season right now. God, I slipped and fell on the ice. This, while I was taking huh? the trash out tonight. I'm so mad. How did it like happen? Really, I mean, it's really icy out there, and I'm taking the trash out. And I went down. We had these foxes running around. There's we got a big fox problem in our neighborhood. I'm trying to get this trash out without getting attacked by a fox, and I fell on the ice pretty hard. It's all pissed off. It was like real winter. I was like, this is real effing winter, despite Andy's arguments to the contrary. So, uh, all right, bigspeedcoffee.com. Well, it's a whining ad rate. Uh, shotgun start blind. Look all at right. that. I'm, I'm done with this email, too. I was going to say, you look distracted over there. You're, you're emailing Paulina for extra bags? Yeah, I'm getting some right now. That's what the people want to hear. All right, other... Other Riviera takeaways. DJ was pretty bad. I don't know. He's not putting very well, but you know his bad is still. What did he finish? T eight. <laughs> it's insane, right? His bad. He's so. I was thinking about this, and we should have a segment like every single week, just praising how good DJ is. Like how he's really consi- sloppy though. It's how he's so consi- sloppy. But look at how consistent it is. The consistency. He was terrible and finished eighth. You know, Rory and JT and Bryson were all terrible this week, and they missed the cut by a million. DJ is, like, on a whole nother planet right Right. now in golf. And the thing I, I was thinking back to, like, just how long he's been good for. He's been good now for, like, 13 years. Yeah. Yeah, I, I. Yeah, I mean, this came off Saudi, where he said he didn't even putt well. He won pretty not not comfortably, but he won. Uh, so he was not impressive. I mean, he I was terrible um, off the tee. He, you know, when today? when we ever talk about just today and in general, it was a like he finished twenty sixth in the field off the tee. Like, when does DJ ever finish outside of the, really the top ten? Put it right. He was negative strokes gain on the green. He was bad on the green, and mediocre off the tee and it's like he does one of those two things well he might have won do you have a dump in the cup nominee uh xander xander dropped a spot to three cameron tringali who is number one is it dj let's see no can't retains number one (laughs) retains what a ridiculous just entire enterprise the whole thing is um Hoagie lost seven spots. Not a good day for Tommy Tables. Um, let's get to uh, Jordan Spieth. And this just dovetails more into the course conversation. Played well for two rounds. Was kind of not great on the weekend. Also fairly sloppy. I don't know. It was just interesting to hear him talk about the course. Uh, they talked about how it was a major championship setup. You know, you have to get it enough. You just have... You just, get enough little corner sections where you've got to be coming from the fairway and you've got to hit a lot of shots like Augusta requires. Uh, he talked on Friday about how he, I don't know, I think a wedge or some high lofted iron into 18 and it bounced 12 yards. And he talked about it, how it almost like turned him Bryson, on. That, Bryson would hate that. <laughs> talked about it, The way he talked about it was like turned him on as opposed to like, oh, what a shitty break, like a Bryson thing. And it just, it was fascinating to hear someone like, you know, maybe in the last year, Spieth is not into this, this all this precision golf and stuff that you know this this week would have 
required, but it was cool to hear him um, really kind of embracing the conditions, as I think everyone more or less did. You can at a place like Riviera, right? I mean, that just sort of has the respect of the field, whether they, you know, whether they grew up on TPCs and only know TPC kind of golf or not, that it's, it's hard to say like, Oh, this is Mickey mouse or, you know, you just can't, even if you have that misconception. Yeah. I mean, Riv's awesome, especially in the conditions it was in. Like, you know, sometimes at this time of the year you get rainy Riv and it's soft and yep. it's still a great golf course, but it's just muted. Um, I think just in general, like the stuff that makes Riv so cool is like this, that it's not, all of it's like so attainable. This is the thing that I think, you know, everybody's going to wax poetic. Everybody's going to talk about the exclusivity of the club, how hard it is to be a member, um, you know, the how expensive it is to be a member. But like the reality of the golf course is that this type of golf course is like pretty attainable for any golf course. Like the, the land's not great. Like, and none of the the stuff that they built out there, George Thomas is over the top. Like all of it's like very attainable. Like there's nothing crazy out there that a public golf course couldn't have. Like sure. Like the, maybe some of the Barranca and the split fairways and then like, you know, the maybe not as severe of greens, but like everything else is like, that could be public golf courses. Like what, the design aspects of it. It's nothing crazy. None of the greens are crazy. They're just really well thought out. And, and there's a consequence if you play off the, like there's a preferred line and every yard you stray off that line, there are consequences. And that's what it comes down to. And, and especially with the way it was playing this week, it just magnified being in the right position and being in a position where you're able to attack. And if you attack, or if you're in a bad position, getting the ball back to where you know you can make a four, you know, versus like, and taking your medicine versus pushing it and getting yourself into a worse spot. I think one of the things that's beautiful when we see this really high level golf at high level golf courses is the idea of delayed penalties. Like they aren't obvious penalties, but it's yeah. where you get in a, you get in a bad position and then all of a sudden you get in a worse position. And what got you into the worst position was not taking care of like your medicine and, and hitting it out maybe just in front of a green. You go for the green or you go for a pin when you're, you know, in that rough and you catch a flyer and then all of a sudden you're in a worse position and you turn a hole that into like a you know, might have been a, a four point two from where you were off the tee into a five point two because of what you did from there. I think that's the thing that's so it's so attainable. There's no water hat like there's no balls going in some contrived raised pond, you know? There's no streams like the we saw like somebody almost hit it Sam Burns almost hit it out of bounds today. Like there's you don't lose golf balls at Riv. Like there's mm -hmm. no thick rough at Riv. Like it's not rocket science, but all right. the golf courses seem to get it wrong. And, right. and the, the beauty is, is in the restraint. Like the best golf courses are the most restrained. This week, you're going to see concession, which was like, is the least restrained over the top <laughs> golf course you're ever going to see. <laughs> okay. 
if talking about attainable, if you put a bunker in the middle of a green now, would people say that's like uh, people Mickey put Mouse? bunkers in like Jack yeah, did it, it at Dismal River. The thing, right. the reason Jeff Shackelford did this great little vignette on Golf Channel a few years ago, he showed how it works, how you can get right. around it. Like the thing about it is that bunkers in there, but you can you still have a play around it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I just I'm trying to think of like something that might not be attainable. I was trying to f- figure out a counter argument, like a bunker in the middle of the green. Some people might think that's. that's I think like the tenth the tenth green probably isn't attainable no. for a public <laughs> golf course, but right. that needs right. to get fixed. Right. <laughs> Will it ever? I mean, now it's like kind of taken on a life of its own. So I don't know. I, I don't need it. It's an overrated um, golf hole. It's fun to watch, but it's become one dimensional. Like everybody plays it the same way, which kind of makes it less interesting. The interest I think comes in when you have multiple ways to play a hole and you're not sure which one's the right one. And both of them can lead to a wide range of of scores. Like it would be neat if you laid up, if you essentially made it, it made three really hard, but it also made five really hard to make, you know? And if you push it, you know, it makes three pretty easy if you pull it off, but then it, it brings six or seven into play. Like, that's a cool hole to me. Yep. Uh, so conditions were awesome. They were great. Uh, it got to the edge Saturday. We did an Instagram Live on this. Let's talk uh, about that. for When the- we restarted yesterday, it was so great. I mean, when they finally got back out there, it was so firm. As someone who's not, you know, I think I've pretty trained eye to it at this point, but like, 14. Oh, 14 right? was insane. It's not, like a, it's not like a 240-yard par three. I mean, those guys were hitting balls. They were bouncing once, like 15 feet in the air, and going to the back fringe, and they were happy. They were happy with, like, oh, the fringe. I'll just work it back down or try to get it down in two. And that was, like, the best play. And so 16 was similar kind of bounces. Another par three that's not, like, massively long. So they're hit. You know, it was just so good once they got back out there. But... How fun how fun is it watching the best players in the world having to overcome difficult situations? It's it's awesome. And, be, and being able to really appreciate when they do and know that it was a truly exquisite shot. Like that's the thing. That when it when it's soft and it's bland golf course, like it masks the really good shots. Like you don't know which ones are really good and which ones are just okay. Like, you know, the, t- this week at Riv, it it showcased like who hit the ball, the right the right trajectory, the right shape. It, if you hit the ball a, a centimeter or a millimeter on the toe and got a little bit more overspin, you're over the green. You know, normal week, it's just sitting wherever. You know, you end up five extra feet away. This week, you're off the green. Like, this, the examination when the golf course got, especially like Saturday and today, I mean, all week it was great. But the examination, you had to hit shots, not only the right, you know, distance, but it had to be the right shape and the right trajectory, too. It was beautiful. So this isn't, do you think that, do you think like the general 
person who doesn't watch a lot of golf picks up on that. It finds no. it appealing, can sus can kind of suss it out. Like no, you and but, I but, love it. But and... also like you know, like the general football fan doesn't know like doesn't appreciate right. what coverage totally. the team totally. is in or like the yep. basketball. But I think there is something subconsciously like this this when you see a lot of shots that aren't like don't end up in perfect places, like what it does is it I, I'd imagine it would make the really good shots more evident, which, you know, you're showing a wider range of array of shots, really. Fidelic. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I think, and also I think you need to win over the, the hardcore fan too, right? You can't have them bored and turned off. You need them to proselytize and convert. Talk to your friend, like, no, this is why it's great. Like, as opposed to trying to, I don't know, just make it 25 under winner every week. That, and I think we yeah. have to give, CBS did a wonderful, the visuals were unbelievable particularly on saturday afternoon sunday morning like god it was just beautiful kyle porter had tweeted some screenshot of i guess it had to be the drone of like just eight you know the 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 guys were down in the wash and the baranka and so just yeah a lot of views you don't always get views on six you rarely kind of get from these Mm -hmm. high angles um yeah it was good so we're talking about these these this firmness and these bounces and the challenge and so that means it was close to the edge. And then Saturday, we got it was blowing. It was gusting 30, 35, and they blew the horn. We kind of we had a you know 10 minute Instagram live show on this on Saturday afternoon as we all sat around, like we did on 2015 Saturday at St. Andrews on a perfectly sunny day. Because the green speeds are so fast because the ball goes too far. We don't need to get into the distance report. But you know, the ball goes too far, the green speeds have to be so fast, and then they can't play when it's blowing 30. Um was it was it the right call to call them in? It yes, seemed like that was kind absolutely. of they were at the point they had to. They do had it. to. Where was the mistake? What did they do? It was all the setup. It, they, the, the what happens when you know, and I don't know. I know just enough about turf to ask questions <laughs> of superintendents, but yeah. and so, I'm just gonna preface this: I'm not a turf expert. I know a little bit, but when the the, the weather was. Very, it was cool and dry and windy. Yeah. Yeah. So what happens with greens? It's the same thing, in essence. What happened at Shinnecock, where the greens can just dry out and get really fast, like in in a blink of an eye. And I think that's what happened yesterday. Is that they had set it up? They set it up just the same way they usually set it up. You know, roll cut. And then the weather just, you know, just took it to a level that it should never have gotten to. But, you know, the reality is the PGA Tour setup crew botched this. Them is, and I don't think it was the host superintendent because I don't think they have that much control, especially at a golf course. Sure. It's a new superintendent in a golf course that they come to every year. And they, the PGA Tour crew really botched it because the weather was clear Every every superintendent knows in that weather you have to watch out for that very thing happening, and uh, so it was on the PGA Tour setup crew. They should not have cut like today. They didn't cut or roll the greens, and it should was they perfect. Have today rolled, yeah, no, rolled them or anything, yeah, yeah, no, I, uh, <laughs> like. That's this they, is the whole thing. We, they were talking gotten, about on the broadcast this morning that they needed to roll between the you know the end of third round and fourth. Or, I don't know, smooth them out. I don't know. Um, I don't think but, they like. 
So I'm going to do a spin, spin here. Try to spin this out into being a good thing. Does this mean that maybe the tour setup is getting, I don't know, that they put it on the edge? You're saying they set it up like they always do. I don't know that they always do this. Now we've seen at Pebble Beach, they're mixing around, mixing and matching tee boxes. You know, Phoenix was pretty fiery. All the guys were shooting 61, 63 there. Um, you know, we had preemptive ball in hand at Sony and, and Farmers. I don't know. I'm trying to spin this into something positive that maybe it speaks good. I know they made mistakes. Maybe they're actually trying to push it at a place that where where you want to see a real test of golf. Maybe that, you know, it bit them in the ass and they had egg all over their face and they weren't ready for 35 mile an hour gusts. But I don't know. Maybe maybe it means that they're they're. It's good to see them actually try. I don't yeah, know. I'm, I'm trying I'm, to I'm, put a positive I'm, light. Well, that's the thing that I'm really worried about is we're probably going to see a, a lot of sponges coming out of this, <laughs> like an overreaction the other way, swing it back because they had to delay four hours. The other element. I mean, of this. this is the thing. This 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 thing. I've been told this by people that work at the tour, have worked at the tour. The number one thing they never, ever, ever want is the golf course to be a story. They want the players always to be the story. The great players are always need to be the forefront story. The golf course and the golf course getting pushed over the edge, should they, that's their worst nightmare. That is the worst thing that can possibly happen. And that's what happened on Saturday. I mean, the golf course heightens this event the golf course is the story the golf course is part of why max home was in tears today because of this venue and this place and this event no and brendan like, they would have felt the same way if it was at tpc uh i don't know is there an la TPC. To, yeah. there's a, uh maybe that uh, there's some c- contrived terrible course on the ocean <laughs> a little south of the city so i, I the, the, whatever that's insane that's such a we know that that's bad but the other element of this, I would say, these elevated status events. I don't know what this event means to Tiger. I don't know if it, it's like really Can, important. Should we to him. talk about how, it, I got how it looked? Yeah. How it, how it looked? How much it looked like it meant to him today? <laughs> or that he cares whether they shoot twenty under or five under or whatever. But with the elevated status at at Bay Hill when Arnold was alive, and certainly at Jack. A memorial because it's Jack. It's the course he made and built, and uh, you're at a point where, like, these setup guys are sort of in between a rock and a hard place, a rock and uh, you know the pampered fucks and the grumpy old fucks. Where like you know Jack is somebody who can kind of put his thumb on the scale and push back on the no no you're not going to set up my course that way you're not going to put the pin there you're not going to have it wet and soft like that or and Arnold you know when he was around. Same, same, you know, same concept. Like, don't you dare like make this just a target golf or a, a dartboard for four days and twenty five. Sometimes that can't, you know, be avoided at Bay Hill, but it's been tough in recent years. So I think something with these elevated st- and Riviera is kind of takes on that's own its own personality, right? It's a, it's a larger than life on the schedule venue. It's not to suggest it's Jack's voice in the room telling so-and-so PGA Tour setup guy, you can't do that. But like Riviera, you know, you can't really, you can't deface it, right? You can't make it, it is what it is. And I don't know that Tiger 
Tiger didn't seem super interested. Like I doubt Tiger was in there saying like, you can't set this up, you know, to be pillow soft and easy. And I don't even know if they could, if they tried this week, but I think that is sort of an added benefit to us embracing these elevated status events that you have some voices in the room outside of, you know, Billy Horschel in the pack telling them that, you know, it needs to be soft and 18 under to win. So there, there's a push and pull there that, that I don't think exists every other week uh, on setup. So anything else on Saturday? The wind delay drove you crazy. I mean, it sucked. It, it sucked. <laughs> it happened. I'm so fired up to watch that. Yeah. It was like, and just a it was a bad time like of all the all the days like saturday or sunday having that happens it couldn't have been thursday or friday um and i mean I, cbs is probably pissed because yeah. right like their entire broadcast is shot and they go to golf it's all on golf channel at night and you wonder like does that play into the future where they're you know they're pissed at jay and oh, you gotta set it up so we never have another you know wind delay and things like that so you just I don't know. You don't want to see him overreact here uh, going into Florida, but we'll probably see that. Um, Tiger. Reactions. Did not look well. Did not look well. Did not look. You know what he looked like? He looked all like there. me at about 8 a.m. after I was at a wedding <laughs> the night before. <laughs> open bar wedding? Yeah. Presumably. Open bar wedding. Just. Yeah. Head full of cobwebs. <laughs> Tired. Worse for the wear. Yeah. In, in desperate need of some uh, worse for the wear repair shotgun start coffee. It was just an odd setup that didn't play to his strengths being on a headset talking to I the, mean, uh, And Elaine was he just like hunched right. over. Yeah. She noticed that? Like he was yeah. just hunched over and he barely yeah. moved. He didn't move at all. Yeah. Leaning into the. Yeah. Yep. Yep. His eyes were very heavy. Yeah, he didn't look puffy. Uh, yeah, he didn't look great. Doesn't sound like his health is great. Says he's putted a little bit. Contrary to, I Just thought like Rory no and JT. Itch, no interest in being on TV no. today. Because he knows he's going to get the health questions. But, you know, they, they butter up the foundation, which does amazing work with the education stuff. But um, then they go to his health, and he doesn't want to talk about that. And it doesn't sound good. He's putted. I swear to God, Rory and maybe Justin Thomas said he was hitting balls like the day he announced his surgery. I thought that was a thing. It's like, oh, I saw him. He was hitting balls. But he says he's just putted. Doesn't know when he's back. Doesn't seem like, I mean, the Masters is pretty soon. Doesn't seem like he knows when he's going to be back. It was a real just dour appearance. Was not great. Didn't come out of it with any good feelings about his current state or future state. But, you know, he won the Masters in 2019. Anything else you have to add to that? I mean, it seems like... Oh, there was one great revelation that he talks about angles on the telecast. Oh, angles. I got that in here. (laughs) You know. That was as like Finau was trying to work it out in 15 or something like that. He's like, well, you got to be precise. You got to... He's in the wrong angle here. You yeah. you really got to be in the right right spot so you, you're at the right angles to attack these greens. Ah, just... Uh, Many, many hours wasted on the internet. And that was about that was one of the most wonderful things that could have been said on air for me. Because some people say angles don't matter, right? Yeah. Is that what we're getting at? It just doesn't matter. You just play to, you, you try to. They'll, they'll it, just send you strength. some bullshit uh, average 
from you know some ridiculous database that tells you basically nothing but it would yeah angles like matter the greatest player of all the golf courses are firm fast and well designed angles matter a lot and uh no data set's gonna tell you like unless you actually have played golf and understand that like if you're in the wrong spot you're totally screwed i mean we saw that with brooksy on was it eight seven on Friday, when he just—I mean, he was off by like a yard, and he made double, I think, right? He ping ponged it because it, well, when there's a big contour, when there's dead. a big contour, and yeah. you're trying to land it on the green, and there's a huge right. slope that you're landing on, and it's firm, it shoots it really far. But if you look at it, you know, just as a dot on shot, like it doesn't tell you the story of how it got there. <laughs> Tiger doesn't know better though; he doesn't know what he's no, talking about. He doesn't. It's what I'll be told in, in two weeks everyone will forget about this and all right story. Any, any else anything else from riviera wrap up odds and ends sam bird's impressive you know he was kind of holding on all weekend yeah, I, last night today but brutal brutal final round uh yeah. back nine really you saw I mean, he shot 69 he wasn't brutal but yeah it got got quick got yeah got, he just you yeah. started to see the tee shots go all different yeah. directions and it's hard to, I mean, still great tournament. He's going to win one of these days. He's so, so talented. So another kind of the young, the youth movement. Whole thing. Cam Smith so. too. Another, we, whenever it's firm. Yep. Cam Smith is. Yep. Yep. He's really fun to watch. Uh, that's it. I mean, you tweeted. That's it. He, yeah. Cam Smith. Delivers. Well, Cam Smith's the perfect example of a guy if if the tour played different courses that were set up differently, I believe Cam Smith would be a much higher ranked player. Then he could do more mullet content because that's the only thing we care about. It's not how he plays a good course; it's that we. I do love. I, I love his aesthetic. I agree, but like the content is just bonanza. The reheating of the mullet content is unbelievable. Well, I agree. Like, I love. He's he, yeah. He's look great. at the the variety of players too on that leaderboard yeah. with Fitzy. you had Fitzy Fitzy obviously you a lot of world class players but you had Molinari Fitzy Cam Smith none of them big hitters right Noren there was Noren's a poof ball he was in the final three or four groups right a poofer I got I got a Shackelford wrote something I got his thing on Norn. This is uh, Shackleford's The Quadrilateral. I recommend subscribing. He's got his uh, Shackleford's snark is just a delight to read sometimes. He's, uh, so Alex Norn, T12. The, swim gi- the swing gymnastics are stranger than ever. His pre-shot over-the-top simulations look like he's trying to scare off a hissing rattlesnake. You can't be within 20 feet of Norn, airports included, as he tests swing positions all day, every day. But he's getting around the course in respectful fashion. Good stuff. Good stuff. No, it was a mix of styles. Is that what you're suggesting? Just a mix of, of big hitters, poofers, yeah, there's just a, strategists. A nice little, yeah, it didn't feel like it, it didn't feel like a certain type of player was going to win, you know? Yeah, yep. Uh, Riviera always delivers. You tweeted that. I mean, it kind of always does, right? I mean, Max Homa's a big kind of golf 
golf Twitter, golf superstar. Maybe he's not the, you know, I don't know, not the biggest name for the sports center, but he's really, really popular. Great kind of star you want to push. In the I game mean, of he's, golf. he might be the, one of the bigger names. I feel like uh, he should be. Yeah, I, I agree. He's, he's I, I know he was fed on Ryan Rosillo's podcast. You know, that's yep. big time. I, yeah, he's fed on. He's, he, he, I feel like Scott Van Pelt did a segment on him on sports center one day. Yeah, no, I, I, this is who we want. This is who we want winning tournaments. But I guess my larger point was you don't need Tiger or DJ winning every week for Riviera to deliver, right? I mean, it's it's just it's the whole package. It's it's everything. And I'm trying Fino. to think. So go ahead. Here's the recent rips. Like always deliver, right? We had Adam Scott last year. That was a good good tournament last year. The pace car. Pace car. Great. But great it was a great. Sunday. The leaderboards are great. That 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 Sunday was an electric round. Yeah, it was that the golf course. Remember that was windy. That was crispy as shit. That yeah, year. yeah, it was, that was a good one. We Added had Bubba in the, the All Star game. <laughs> yep. Year before DJ blowout, really rainy, but still DJ winning. Then we had Bubba the year before that over Scott and Kokrak. That was your boys. First yep. uh, running, but Scott, I, I think that was the year Scott hit the guy in the head on 18 and the left and he like rolled down the hill. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah. Off the tee? There have been a couple. They're always walking down, people walking down that cart path. They get dotted. I've yeah. got GIFs in my, on my desktop of multiple people getting popped walking down that cart path. On 18. James Hahn, that was a good year, 2015. Yeah. Gang of style. Yeah. Bubba. John Merrick. That's John I remember Merrick. that Merrick beat Belgian, right? <laughs> yeah, Bitcoin. The Bitcoin boy. boy. I remember that one. I was blogging that. I was like, oh, what are we what are we right here? But uh no, it, it just the whole package delivers. Helmo's great winner with that's you know, kind of champion the tour should be promoting. Uh all right, that's it. You got news? I think this should be called the gold standard. It stands out so dramatically on the schedule, you know, just from what you're, I was so excited to watch like from one o'clock on every day. I don't know. It's just, that's not always the case. Uh, Yeah. Call it the gold standard, call it whatever you want. I I just wish the tour would sort of glean some of those insights, you know, that maybe the, the venue and place and market all matter. So. Uh, news. Phil's playing Kologard. We already put that, noted that at the top. We didn't get into Rory becoming the the official prince of Pontevedra. I mean, I in name and in title now. Didn't we talk uh, about it Friday? No, we talked about Juan. He, he's head of the pack, the whatever, president of the pack. I don't have anything to add. I mean, it's just all, it's too perfect. We've been, call, we've been calling this for... Two years on this podcast. Call him the Prince of Pontevedra. It's all. Do you think it's good? I feel like it's good. He's an honest. He, he voices his opinion. I feel like he he usually thinks that through stuff. Yeah, I think it's, it's a, good. A pretty. I think it's a good a good thing. Rather him than like Andrew Landry or people like that. You know. Billy Ho. Uh, <laughs> Billy Ho like has a direct line to Monahan's office. I mean, I think he just. He doesn't. He goes around the pack. Um, 
no, it's good. It's fine. It's just, it adds, we're just poke about the Prince of Pontevedra thing. But uh, LPGA match play event at Shadow Creek sounds very similar in style and set up to the WGC match play. I don't know. Shadow Creek. More professional golf tournaments, Shadow Creek. But it, it sounds like a very cool concept. Can't that wait is for cool, it. I'm, I'm excited yeah. about that tournament. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. So uh, that's it. That's all I got for news. All right. You good? Uh, yeah, Riv Week. It's all downhill from here until the Masters. <laughs> You're neglecting the players. Come on. Not my first major. Definitely not my first major. I guess they announced Rory as the 2020 Players Champion on the first tee this week. We had pe- a, several people send us the video. Disrespectful to to Hideki. They just announced him as the 2020 Players. So what's the decision-making process there? They announced DJ as Masters and FedEx Cup champion. And 2017 Northern, or whatever it was, a Genesis Open champion. It's just, I don't know. 2020 players, Rory McIlroy. All right, everyone enjoy your Mondays. Got a big week. The World Golf Championship, Workday Championship at the concession. It's like kind of. Harkening back to my the a military tribute at the Greenbrier days with that title. So Oh yeah. Uh we'll be enjoying that. The PR open. I think LPGA's back, Champions Tour back. Uh keep an eye out for that Colgard Classic pool. We'll come up with some uh some ideas, some some categories for that. But enjoy your Mondays. We'll be back with you on Wednesday.